is exciting. This is the second year that we are doing this and we had a lot of fun recording it last year. This is the Ligue 1 draft, our best 11. And of course, I'm with Baptiste Renault again, le classic pod to, to do it a, a year and, and a few months later. Baptiste, how are you? I'm great, Jeremy. Thanks again for, for having me. Very excited about uh, the choices. Uh, the order of the choices, the players on, are going to be on display. And I was making my uh, uh, list of potential players who could fit into my team uh, yesterday. And just the amount of talent that there is just made me very exciting to have this discussion again. Do, doing the team, same thing, right? When I was looking at which player to pick, I really had a feeling like if we had done this at the same point as we did last year, which was halfway through the season, so mm -hmm. basically at the World Cup break, I feel like the team would have been very different from from what we found this weekend. Is that, do you have the same feeling? Yes, yes. There's there's a few players who left obviously in, in the in the winter. Uh, also, some injuries, unfortunately. Um, That, that occurred that robbed me uh, of a few potential players. So yeah, it would have been uh, uh, not so drastically different. I think there's still uh, and there's a lot of choice as well. But um, yes, definitely some some contenders and some candidates to fit into the eleven for sure. A few players who, who snuck their way in. Let's have a look at last year's um, draft before before we jump into this year. Just just as a bit of a reminder, <laughs> I shared it on Twitter earlier today, and just just to see how good or not so good we are at picking our best 11. I'm going to go through yours first. Uh, goalkeeper, Anthony Lopez, a back four of Adrien Truffer, Naïef Aguerd, William Saliba, and Frédéric Guibert. Uh, in the middle of the park, two, let's call them defensive midfielder, Teji Savanier and Boubacar Kamara. Behind Lucas Paqueta, on the wings, Amin Guiri, Ludovic Blas, and up front, Kylian Mbappé. Out of this starting 11, there's obviously some, some clear confirmation and talent that has stayed there. You got four players who have fled France for, for the UK and, and the Premier League. Uh, how, do, how do you feel about, about this <laughs> 11 uh, a few months later? Uh, you know, pretty pretty good. Like still a balanced side, I'd say. Uh, a 50% hit rate from those who went to the Premier League. So I'll let you guess which ones became a success, which ones didn't. And, um, and so, you know, some, some players who in my mind have continued doing, doing quite well, uh, in Liga. So I think it was, uh, you know, I have to say when I saw Frédéric Gilbert there, <laughs> I didn't have to do a little bit of a double take with all due respect, but he was excellent for Strasbourg. I still, you know, no real buyer's remorse. I think there are some players that I kind of wish, um, would have pushed on. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, Amin Guiri and I think his stats have looked okay this year, but I was expecting it maybe a little bit more from him because of the talent uh, that he's got in his feet. But uh, but overall, I think a, a side that um, actually would have worked quite well um, on the pitch and obviously you can't go wrong with Kylian Mbappé and, and William Saliba who just you know, outstanding. Yeah, two, two good choices. In the middle of 11 solid choices. If we go to the team that I picked um, last year, uh -huh. my goalkeeper uh -huh. was Paolo Lopez. <laughs> There's a few Marseille players in there, surpri surprisingly. I had the back four, Luan Perez, Yunis Abdelhamid, Marquinhos, and Jonathan Close. In the middle of the park, Seco Fofana, Lovro Vager, and Dimitri Payet. And up front, Gaetan Labor, Jonathan David, and Ludovic Ayork. 
only one player, no, two players have left Liga since. Luan Perez mm. lost himself in Turkey and, and Ludovic Ayork is doing really well in the Bundesliga since uh, since January. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think about this team? There's, I feel like there's more players who have underperformed this year than there is in, in your squad. Yeah, slightly. I mean, I like I like that team just because of how gung-ho it was and, and Sicko was basically going to have to do all the work in midfields, which he's <laughs> obviously more than capable of. Um, but, you know, yeah, like you said, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I was, I'm was i glad to see Ajok doing well in, in Bundesliga. I, I always thought he was excellent. Um you know, I mean, Payet, unfortunately, it seems like it's, you know, it's we're moving towards the end of his career, which is understandable. But I think for me, the, the slight, you know, the disappointment um, in that side is Lovro Macho, because I, I I agreed with you last year. I thought he was he was excellent. I thought he also showed some good signs at the start of the season and uh, at the World Cup when he came on for Croatia. But he just hasn't hasn't kicked on and he's not, you know, he's not as young as um, as you might think or as you might want, you know. Um, uh, and he's and he's a player I like watching when he's in full flight. So it's a bit of a, he, he's the one that I, I thought when I looked at, at your sides, he's the one that I was disappointed for because I'm also slightly struggling to understand why he's not getting game time at Rennes, um, who, who themselves are, in my opinion, underachieving. So, um, but what about you? Were you, did you feel comfortable? Did you back yourself again? No buyer's remorse or, or Luan Perez looks like a, <laughs> a black hole in the side now? <laughs> no, no, no buyer's remorse with their performance from last year. Uh, I think up until the World Cup, again, bar Luan Perez, uh, I would have been happy with the team. Uh, mm. m- mind you, Ajok wasn't doing so well with Strasbourg in the first part of the season. Uh, but I think close the ver- first part of the season was doing good. Same for Major, same for Marquinhos. And I think all, all those players, even Gaetan Laborde, uh, have had a, a complicated January to, to March. Um, and, and it shows in the choices that I've made for this season. Because uh, if uh, if those players have kept the same level that they had last year, I think they were a definite candidate for uh, for this year's draft. But, uh, but close after a great start at Marseille and eight assists in what, like 10 games, mm. Um, mm. just just dipped. So, so his form dipped. Even Seko Fofana, to be fair. Um, yeah. So his form dipping a little bit, or at least I guess his talent might be lost in the middle of the great collective that Frank Hayes has has created at Lens. Uh, so, so yeah, some players I feel are better this year than they were last year. Jonathan David, uh, one of them, Yunis Abdelhamid, I think is probably mm. even better um, th- this season as well. Um, yeah, and that's only two, right? Yeah, fortunately, everybody <laughs> else. Uh, mm. uh, Paolo, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll keep mm. there. I'll keep there for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Well, let's let's look at this season, shall we? So last year you had the first pick and, and with the, the first pick of the uh, 2022 draft last year, you took Kian Mbappé. This year, I get the first pick. Uh, oh. And with the first pick of the 2023 draft, I'll pick Kylian Mbappé. I mean, the, the, the choice, the, cho- the choice is, uh, there's no choice. The choice is nigh. I mean, there's that running joke now since he said that, that we can call PSG Kylian Saint-Germain, um, and it's, mm. and it's never been truer. Now it's, what, three seasons in a row that he 
holds the team um, with his bare hands and that if you remove him from uh, from the squad of the capital, well, you, you don't know if they are going to actually get the title. 22 goals and, and four assists in uh, in Ligue 1, seven goals and three assists in, in Champions League. R- right in the middle of that, a, a World Cup final where he scores a hat-trick. Uh, he's, he's just been as as good as you expect him to be. You know, some off-the-field issues that you wish we would talk less about and that we would focus a bit more on what he does on the pitch and, and maybe somehow with the uh, with the the progress or the, the f- progress I don't know if you can say that from a 35 year old player but with the adapta- adaptation of Messi uh, to, to PSG and its uh, and its football style you've seen a little bit less of Mbappé but he's here to to finish everything so I think he definitely uh, deserved his spot at the uh, at the top of my uh, of my uh, forward would you have taken it but it yes absolutely i mean i may you know i make no secret of being a huge Kylian Mbappe fan i think he's i think he's obviously one of the best players in the world he's also somebody who i i actually quite like his his attitude and the way he's you know the way he speaks when he speaks to the media i like his confidence he knows his value and he's the big player at the big club in the same way for me that players like messi at barcelona and ronaldo at real madrid were um you know of course he's being consulted for big decisions i th- i think you know for me i wouldn't have i would have picked him first as well you know no doubt about that it's still interesting to think that we have such high expectations of him rightly so that it still it still feels like a it feels like a half-assed Kylian Mbappe season in League One and for me as he goes PSG goes so you know his I don't think his attitude and body language has been awful you know not as bad as some of his teammates including his number 10 colleague who sometimes during games decides to stop running for about 20 minutes and then turns on the magic but it it is felt it's felt very intermittent and he's felt a bit bored and that's how the um that's how the PSG season has has felt but he's um but that's that is because he's being held to high higher standards and and we also see that whenever he decides to accelerate and it's truly in my mind his decision in the game this is what makes it so impressive <laughs> uh, but when he decides to accelerate there's no stopping him and i actually think his game has evolved a little bit i think he's not reliant on his pace uh, as much as he used to he was already great with his feet um but for me what really stick in my, sticks in my mind is the performance against uh marseille away sorry sorry jeremy but you know just such a <laughs> you know just such a complete footballer that night the way he tore that defense apart the way he played that pass for messi for the goal uh the the interlinking with Nuno Mendes on the left, um, he was he was unstoppable, and and we I think we both pick him first because we see that, and we wish that's how he would play every week, um, and he definitely could, but he's still way above everyone else in Liga at the moment, um, and so a well deserved number one spot. Yeah. Who is your number one spot then, uh, Batista? After losing uh, the the French captain. Yes, so that's that's a slightly tricky one because uh, he was obviously my number one choice. Although I knew I was going to go second, um, and then 
as I was going through my team yesterday, I realized that I wasn't going to go with my cherished 4-2-3-1 anymore because there are so few wingers that I would trust, uh, you know, hint at you, Bradley Bakura, who I don't think is as good as people make him out to be yet, yet, because he's very young. Um, so I'm going to move to 3-5-2. Um, and I'm going to have, I need three good center backs for that. So, and I feel like it's a good, if there's one team that should be rewarded, it's loss. And although I would also like to give a shout out to Clermont who are having an unbelievable season. But uh, if there's, yeah, if there's one team who needs to be rewarded for me, it's loss. And with 25 goals conceded in 32 games, I've got to go for one of the defenders. And so I'm going with Kevin Danso as centre-back. A high pick, maybe. Um, could have gone for, you know, higher flair players. I think the follow-up question is, there's one big attacking midfielder who's small in stature <laughs> that I didn't pick, who I think has 15 goals and 15 assists I think um, <laughs> about that but you know I obviously you know maybe going more with my heart than with my head but ultimately you know last or third there are genuine Champions League contenders it's between them and Loem they have done so organically without overspending by players just getting better and better um, they they were never title contenders in my mind, but they certainly gave a real fright to PSG a couple of weeks ago. Um, with, and if that, obviously big ifs, but if that red card hadn't happened with the dynamic they were on. And, you know, Kevin Danso has been, um, amongst many of those players who are playing at the top of their game, has been immense. Uh, his, uh, and what surprised me isn't just that he's a good defender, you know, in, in the term, in the sense that he's, you know, marks his man, is solid in the air, aggressive, is that he's very willing to bring the ball out, and and he does so he does so well. Um, so, I thought, considering the stats for for Lance, considering he's been ever present, I don't think he's very he's been injured this year. I think he's probably the first name on the team sheet would maybe say Kofofana. He's uh, he's been a real shining light, and I thought that needed to be deserved. And I did want him in my in my three centre backs. And even though there's a lot of choice, I thought let's grab him, let's grab him there. And uh, yeah, happy happy with my choice. But I can imagine it's maybe a bit surprising. I, I think the the Lance defense has to be recognized. It's what 13 clean sheet uh, mm. this season, uh, an unbelievable record at home. The only team who's beat PSG, Marseille, Monaco and Lille, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm. So so obviously they're having a, a cracking season and it is, uh, you know, I think uh, a lot thanks to thanks to that defense uh, and, and the work that they've been doing because we say that Lance is a great collective team yes. more than finding like the, the one or two stars, you know, a bit less, a bit less relying on Seco Fofana and trying to play as a, as a unit. And I think um, Danso is definitely... Uh, 
one of those players. And, you know, I feel like we can't, um, we can't take away from the fact that he's a player that was completely unknown a year and a half ago mm. uh, yeah. when he came from Austria and, and that, an, another great pick from Florent Gisolfi and, uh, and Frank Ez and, and ever since uh, just developed into, a, into one of the best defenders we have in Ligue 1 and probably one of the players that, you know, hopefully it stick to Lance if they get to the Champions League, but otherwise a player that Lance can very easily make 30, 40 millions on, mm. on, on the summer um, transfer window because he's still young uh, and, and he's got literally everything going for him. It's, it's always going to be about, you know, can he perform when he's not in that, um, in that configuration in this team uh, with, with the way they, they, they play football. Um, what, one, one stat that I saw about him when I was looking all the, all the players and who to take, etc., is uh, his, uh, his progressive carrying distance I'm a, I'm a big F breath uh, guy when it comes to uh, to stats he's, uh, he's third in Liga with uh, with over six uh, what is that, is that six kilometers well, over six kilometers of carrying distance only behind uh, Arthur Theat of Rennes and mm. Facundo Medina of Lens so you got two Lance centre-back in the top three you got the three Lance centre-back if we add Jonathan Gradit in the top eight so you know mm. a, a, a show of what Lance does and and how the the center back have been uh, have been you know really really crucial in in all the results that Lance has had this uh, this season. Yeah, and look, I think you make a great point as well. That is first and foremost the result of a collective at Lance. There's no surprise that you, as you mentioned in your stat, Medina and and Gradita there. Um, you know, there's such a well oiled machine that you know gen a reasonable question would be is he benefiting from the st system as much as standing out um having watched him i you know i do think he is their best defender he's their best center back with all due respect to medina and, and gradit I, I i feel a little bit more stressed when i see medina uh because of his a temper maybe and Gradit I think is just you know not as good a player that's no shame there's no shame in saying that I think just Lanzo is there he you know he's 6'3 24 he's he's fast he's aggressive he's becoming smarter and smarter on the ball and off the ball um, and he's he tends to be in right in the middle of that back three right so he's you know that's quite a big a big responsibility as well so you know i think yes a bit a bit left field you know a bit more heart overhead i also kind of wanted to put you in the trouble of having to justify not making Messi your second pick um and <laughs> and uh i i i genuinely think he's i genuinely think he's definitely one of the first names that come to mind when i think um of my team of the season and actually you know it wasn't so much of a, a case of uh you know going through all the teams and putting names down he was uh front of mind when i thought whoever i'm gonna have at the back my first choice is gonna be kevin danso and so um and so that's why that's why i've picked that's why i've picked him and now left you having to justify why you're not gonna pick you know messi and all the messy stands are gonna you know lose their minds <laughs> <laughs> Second pick of the draft for me is Lionel Messi. Ah, great. 
I am, I am, I am picking Lionel Messi. I'm starting this draft wearing my Marseille jacket. I'm starting this draft with two PSG players, and 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 to kill all the suspense, they are the only two PSG players that I will pick in in this draft. So if you had one, you can wait. The reason why I pick him second, let's be honest, there it's that this is a competition between you and me, Baptiste, and I need mm. to have the best starting eleven. And I know that yeah. you might pick Lionel Messi, so I'm going to pick him before you. <laughs> so yeah. at the end, when we have to ask everybody what they think about our two teams there's not going to have a, a, a battle anymore when I have Messi and, and Mbappé up front so I, I hope that the rest of your 11 is is strong enough to make up for the lack of running <laughs> for the lack of running that I'm going to have uh, up front in mind um, <laughs> Leo Messi I mean look the I think the case for picking him is the same case that we would have made for not picking him 15 mm. goals, 15 assists in, I think he played 27 games with PSG this, this year. So that's that's more than one contribution a game. Uh, yeah. And really, I think he's, done, he's doing as much good as he's doing um, bad at PSG, basically. Mm. Because a player of his, of his talent, a player of, of his stature, legendary status, um, you know, importance, experience, uh, everything means that the game obviously has to go through him. There's not even yeah. a question that, that he should go to anybody else, even when you have uh, Kylian Mbappé. He's, you know, I think he's one of the reasons why we had that Kylian Mbappé meltdown a couple of years ago where he wanted to go uh, to... to um, Real Madrid uh, at the last minute of the uh, of the transfer window, uh, and I think Kylian Mbappé stayed at Paris Saint Germain despite Lionel Messi, hoping that he would that he would learn from him and that he would try and yeah I, I guess becoming better by um, by playing with Messi. Uh, he is obviously leading the assist ladder. He's leading the shot creating uh, actions. He's leading the goal creating actions. Uh, he's leading the um, I think the number of of dribble. Uh, per game as per, per game as well, so successful take on sorry, uh, with 88 in the season and his all those stats he's like 20 30 above the second, uh, so so he is the player that we expect him to be. Is he as good as he was in 2012 with uh, with Barcelona? Absolutely not. But with the the World Cup in his pocket now, he got ready for the World Cup the right way, playing four spectacular months with Paris Saint Germain, and and now he's He's not even have as half as good as he should be, and yet every single week there's an assist, there's a goal uh, against team as good as Lens and as bad as uh, as Angers. He's still there to uh, mm. to try and help the, the team win because he's the kind of player that can walk for 92 minutes and 30 seconds and accelerate the last 20 and, and create a goal. So uh, so that's why he, uh, he he made my team half the talent, half picking it up before you do. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I 100% agree with everything that, that's that's been said, and I, you know, I, I'm I'm a big, you know, I think we're the same, right? I'm a big fan of the collective rather than the individual, even though, you know, I've mentioned I've loved Mbappe, who's also the creator of differences on the pitch, um, and so as I was, you know, as I was going through my team, I was thinking, I probably do have to pick Messi if he doesn't, you know, um, and and I think. We, we've also got to be consistent, right? I mean, if if you if if we're willing to take the Mbappe walking for ten minutes and not pressing during a game, then you should be willing to take the you know Messi walking for forty five minutes and and then turning on the magic. And actually, exactly as you said, you know he's thirty five 
he's played every game. He's there. We know other players who are younger at his club who don't have the same professionalism and life ethics and life ethics I don't mean like their political views although I question Neymar's Bolsonaro's views but you know he's he's still there he's still doing the job he's what 15 goals and 15 assists of course the like you said of course the game has to go through him and and to his credit um, and to Mbappe's credit, they've connected so brilliantly together this year. You know, great minds think alike. And that's been a genuine delight to watch, whether it's against uh, Marseille or recently against Lars. I know, I know Lars were down to 10 men, but that little combination, you could see uh-huh. it unfolding. And you, you know, you could see everything ticking before it even happened. And, um, and I'd also like to say, you know, for Messi... Like, you know, he got a lot of stick last year. Um, I think he hit the post about 28 times last year. That's what it felt like. <laughs> um, and he, you know, he still, he still delivered. Um, and obviously the big disappointment, I mean, big disappointment has been the Champions League. But if you look at him in Liga this year, has there been a better creator, number 10 uh, in the league? The simple answer is no. I think, and that's and that's testament to his quality, to his desire at thirty five to still want to keep, you know, not want to keep going because you know I think he just loves playing football, but to just you know keep on delivering and um, and he's you know he's still one of the best at what he does. So yeah, absolutely. You know, great choice, and uh, I'm hoping your midfielders uh, have got some really strong legs in there because they're going to be carrying <laughs> <laughs> defensively. It's nine v eleven for at your end, so uh, quite, good luck. Good quite, luck, quite to these a bit guys. <laughs> little little parenthesis about the the Champions League. I'm sure you've watched mm. Manchester City against Bayern Munich. Mm. The difference that one player make in two rounds if Upamecano had been as bad against. PSG as he was against Manchester City PSG mm. goes through and of course it comes from the pressure that he was under etc but Upamecano was spectacular on Mbappé against PSG and then against Manchester City he makes three mistakes they they concede four goals so the the little things that PSG um, you know not that it makes me unhappy uh, as, as a Marseille fan <laughs> but the little things that PSG are always uh, I feel like they're always unlucky when it comes to uh, to to their Champions League games basically so uh, so yeah uh, Messi yeah. wasn't uh, great but PSG wasn't helped uh, and I think uh, I, I mean wholeheartedly agree um, with what you said and it's just such fine margins but and we, we, we could get sidetracked on this for hours but I think it, it, again for me it's you can't go into a competition like that trying to fit three players of, of that of that endeavor is maybe the wrong word but you know what I mean um, into your side and, and it's not it's not an, and I'm not saying that as you know I'm anti anti Neymar or anti Messi or you know whatever um, because as much as I dislike Neymar and his political views that I, we I've never thought I'd mention uh, you know on his day when he's fit which are two big two big ifs he's still an unbelievable player and you just have to pick two and play two of them you can't three unbalances them completely so um they've been unlucky but the team building has been i think we've been on record enough time as saying the team building has been atrocious so um but yeah I, you know 
you, again, back, so back to Messi, I'm, I am glad that he's had a bit of a bounce back season because it was too easy to just sort of portray him as he's left Barcelona. He's not good in, again, especially in, you know, a poorly yada, yada, yada. No, I think he's, you know, he need, he was a bit unlucky last year, as I've mentioned. He hit the post countless times. He was still creating and he was facing a different league, which, you know, tactically, Liga and physically is is a tough league. So um, this, he, this season, he was encouraged by the World Cup uh, to be fit for the World Cup, to be ready. He delivered in the first half of the season. I thought his interest might wane in the second half of the season and fair play to him. It, it hasn't. And um, and he's been excellent. Last thing about Messi, one reason as well why I picked him is, and Andy Scott said it as well yesterday when I was on the on the official league and podcast Le Bourgeois, uh, we can all feel that he's gone in the summer. So I, I think I had to like pick him after for obvious reasons not picking him last year, uh, just to say that he he did play in league and for two years and actually had a, a good se- season there. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's go for your uh, for your second pick. At least, who, who do we get? Yeah, so I mean, I think I'm safe at keeper. I've got two choices that I'd be happy with. <laughs> so um, many keepers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I would say that, but um, feels a bit weird to go for another defender. So I'm gonna go for a central midfielder in my as my dynamic midfielder in my midfield two. So it's I'm going for a three-five-two, but I'm gonna have a number ten in there. Um, we have the same deck and so and so as my sort of number eight I'm gonna go with Kefren Turam of Nice good job Um, job. had a had a um, I have to say last year there was a lot of hoopla about him and when I was watching him I you could see ingredients there but I wasn't seeing I wasn't seeing it yet like you know the talk of I don't know 40 million or something like that for for him it felt felt a bit premature Um, I think you could see that he was he was starting to get there I think it was about how to drive his game forward and be more decisive um, was the next step and I think after a little bit of a shaky start of the season I think he has been doing that for a, for a good number of months now and in a midfield in a Nice midfield which is pretty static I mean whoever his partners are you know Rosario uh, Lamina you know those guys they're not exactly the most mobile or attack minded I think he's really picked up um, the mantle as sort of a really really driving number eight who's excellent on the ball I also think he's become become more technical weirdly or maybe it's just that he's taking more risks but, but um, clever risks so I think he's um, I think he's just really impressed me I think he would fit quite nicely in the in the in a three five two, he's he's kind of um, he's in the same mode as Seko Fofana for me in 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 his style, uh, and I think he's had a better season than Seko Fofana, who is still er, still every time I watch him, especially in the big games, just he's you know uh, he just had there's a moment where he's just like screw this, I'm gonna I'm gonna break midfields and I'm just gonna drive forwards, and he just goes on a rampage. Um, he still has that in as in his locker and I think Turam has added that in his locker so um, I wanted a driving force in midfield I think he's he's the one he's obviously still young he's going to be wanted by a lot of big clubs 
Um, I'm hoping he doesn't make a silly mistake like going to Chelsea or something like that. But um, I don't know. I, I just feel, you know, Nice haven't had the best season. He's been one of the two shining lights at Nice for me. And uh, and his game is looking, is on the up. So I was happy to pick him, yeah. It'd be interesting to do at the end of, of this uh, of this episode. We should do like a bit of an over-under on how many players are leaving Liga in the summer. I feel like mm. I, I keep probably 10 of my starting 11 um, and, and, and you, your first two, I'm not sure they're even here uh, in two months. Great shouts. Kefren Churam, um, I think he's really exploded this season. I think he needed to have a player like Boudaoui um, sort of like reposition as a number six under him. He needed the uh, mm. the arrival of a player like Endayashime um, who, who arrived in January as well. Uh, and I think under DJ Digar as well, he was given a little bit more responsibility. I, I think it's still, I think he's still inconsistent, but I think he, if mm. he's shown enough to say, you know, I, I, I deserve a a spot at, at the table uh, to, to be one of the big future, uh, yeah, I, I guess number eight <laughs> like players. I, I don't want to compare him too much to, you know, the the, the biggest names, but, uh, you know, Sekofana is a good comparison. Um, he, he's got that way of turning and, and breaking the lines and dribbling between um, players when you bring the ball that, that the greats have had, the, the Gerard and the Lampards mm. and the Vieira and, and the Pogba when he's in form. Uh, and, and if he keeps this and if he keeps his ability to finish because he had, he's had some great finish this season as well, yeah. um, he, he'll be a steal and anybody who wants him, he'll probably won't go won't go cheap, and and Ineos would be happy to finally be able to uh, to bank on one of the of their players. Uh, mm. But but I think he is, uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's a great child. I didn't have it in my in my lineup, so uh, he, he didn't take anything away from me there. But uh, and I think do you know what? I, I feel like besides Messi and Mbappe, uh, I think we'll see in both our starting eleven that there are actually four or five choices pair position and I think that's what yeah. we're saying with the uh, with the talent that there is in Liga yeah you know I agree a bit, again a bit left field maybe and uh, I do I do agree he has you know he has proven to be more consistent recently than early on in the season and and the end product I think he's kind of the hockey assist kind of guy for me he's not you know he's the one who's going to break break through and create um a lack of balance in the opposition side from which you're going to benefit two or three passes later. He's, he's that kind of player. I think he, you know, he also got rewarded with his first cap for France, uh, which is, you know, which is not, which is not nothing. Um, yeah. As that side, you know, was fi- in the final of the world cup and, and Deschamps can be quite difficult. Um, so, you know, I th- there were a lot of choices in midfield. I'm sure once we'll have gone through both our midfields, maybe we'll be able to mention a few names. Um, and but I, yeah, I, I I I thought he's just it's not just potential. I think especially over the last three or four months, I just I just think he has a style that was unlike apart you know apart from like I said Fafana was unlike any of the other candidates I had in mind for that role so happy happy to pick him and you know Lance and Lance and Nice as uh, as my first two choices I'm 
I'm quite proud of that. I'm like a football hippie compared to you in this case for the first two, <laughs> two picks. And I say that and you're a Marseille fan and you pick two. Just, mo- just two money P- picks. Two PSG, two PSG <laughs> players. How dare you? So, <laughs> yeah. It's, ta- it's time to, it's time to try and, and start. Um, but let's see. I'm going to pepper some stats here and there whenever I see mm. them and they and they go my way. I just figured out that <laughs> if you look at how, how many through balls have been played by football players this year, Lionel Messi has 51 through ball this season. Mm. Behind him, it's Neymar with 25. And then it's Junior Ito with 19 and Sanchez with 14. Yeah. Not that we didn't know, but another example of how, yeah. uh, how important Messi has been for, uh, for PSG this year. Okay, my, uh, my third choice, I, I, I need to go home. You know, I need to feel like I haven't betrayed my team too much. Uh, so I'll go for a defender. I didn't say it. I'm going to be also uh, playing a, yeah. a 3-4-1-2. We already have my number 10 and, uh, and one of my two forwards. Um, and and I need, you know, knowing my football style, I need a defender who can be uh, a threat offensively. Uh, and to me, the best free signing of the season is my third choice, um, Chancel Mbemba. Yes. I think when he arrived, there was... A lot of a lot of doubt in in his ability, and he was just at Porto. And if Porto don't want him, why would Marseille want him? Uh, and, and you know what can he really bring? And then he took two rounds of Champions League for everybody to just take a deep breath, understand that he was the he was the man, uh, and that mm. under under the Igor Tudor style of football, which basically allows centre back to be centre forwards, uh, he, he was just perfect. He, he, runs always I don't think I've ever seen him not running he's probably got more carries into the opposite box than half of the midfielders in in Liga Um, and he's been unfortunately for Marseille uh, one of the creative force of the uh, of the now second in Liga Uh, so so I think he deserves uh, his his spot as much as as anyone in there and yeah I think I put him in the I put him in the top 10 of the best defender of the season this year yeah, I mean, well, two things. One, you've stolen my second centre back, which I'm a bit gutted about. I was, I was hesitating taking him first, um, <laughs> and then thought I'd reward, uh, thought I'd reward loss, and then I just, I, yeah, I knew he'd be, he'd be probably gone. Um, second of all, I got really scared that you were just about to describe Nuno Tavares, and. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I thought, I thought, surely, I thought, surely not. I've got too much respect not, for Jeremy home. for that to, for that to happen. For that to happen. <laughs> so, I'm glad you went for Chancel. Um, yeah, look, I mean, you know, I agree. He's, I mean, he would have been my second choice, first or second choice centre back. Um, I've his career. Admittedly, I didn't follow him in in Portugal, so you know. It's it's maybe there's a little bit of bias there, but seeing him arrive free on the market after a bit of a lack of games in Portugal and his difficult time at Newcastle, where he was just a young player in a difficult environment, um, kind of made me a little bit wary. It, but to be fair, it felt like um, a, a low risk, high reward uh, signing at the time. But but I'll also readily admit that when Longoria kind of said, well, this is my, this is the summer transfer window over. And you look, and you looked at the defenders at the club, you thought, wow, Chancel Mbemba is going to be your defensive leader. Maybe, um, that I'm not quite sure what to think, but he's been so excellent and so surprising in 
uh, as you said, just carrying the ball in that system. The number of times where I just see him end up in the opposition box after playing a one-two <laughs> with, some, with like Rangier outside the box and just finding himself in a shooting position is just so refreshing. And he's, in a way, similar to similar to Danso, right? So it's is he benefiting from the system as much as he's actually the shining light because of how good he is individually? I think there's a bit of both, um, but you know, certainly all his all his attributes are there. He's also, I think, the most disciplined of the Marseille defenders, and that that's very important because you know Gigo has been surprisingly good for somebody who we'd never heard of and Baledi is Baledi I think is probably the best way to put it and so he's he's just been a he's just been sort of an experienced head willing to stretch his game and I love nothing more than players like in their mid-20s kind of discovering a new facet to their game so I think yeah a, a, a great choice he also seems like a good guy um just turns up and delivers um he's he's been a huge huge part of marseille's success in my mind this year um and so yeah great choice i gutted you got him really Gigo is yeah. the prodigal son of of igor tudor whenever i see Gigo, i've never said that on the podcast but whenever i see Gigo basically manhandling any of his forwards i don't know how he doesn't get four yellow cards per game with the amount of fouls that he does in the build-up before the forwards even has the ball remotely going to him. I, I just realized that he's being coached by one of the uh, most vicious Croatian <laughs> defenders that we've seen in Europe in the yeah. past 30 years. So, so then, I, then I remember and then I understand. Uh, all right, yeah. let's go to your third pick, Baptiste. This is where I'm trying to figure out where I might struggle for choice uh, down the line as much as anything. But um, I'm going to go, you know, I've gone center back midfield let's 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 pick someone up top and i'm going to pick luis openda of loss so again another last player in my top three um maybe again a bit a bit of a stretch there are definitely a lot a lot of great contenders for 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 strikers and i know he he had a run of games where he wasn't scoring he had he had a bad run of games at some point but i just i just think he is the most dynamic striker in liga for me this season and just even when he wasn't scoring you now sometimes he was coming off the bench i feel like i'm undermining my case as i go along but he's he's um his energy up top was is is such a such an important part in how Lance play as well. Um, just plays on the shoulder of the, la- of the last defender, just can constantly harasses them, makes a lot of unselfish runs to create space for the wing backs in the in the midfield to drive to drive through. Uh, he's been a real team player. I know he might not necessarily have a high number of assists, but he's been a real team player and really important for the balance of that side. And you know he's been. He's been scoring goals, right? He's got 17, I think, this season. Mm-hmm. Um, 17 and 32 games. So he's also played every game. Um, needed a bit of a betting in period, but I think over the last six months, he's 
been one of the most dangerous strikers in Liga. And I think what sort of um, nailed it in my mind and a clear case of recency bias, but his performance against PSG a couple of weeks ago where, you know, well, we might snigger and say, is it difficult to make Marquinhos and Ramos look ragged? But... You know, they were down to 10. And in that second half, that was the most selfless and impactful performance of a load striker playing down to 10 that I've seen in quite in quite some time. And he was, he just gave them nightmares. And, um, you know, I think we all know the other contenders. I think they all, they all have different styles, the other, the other contenders for, for one of the two number nine spots. But I, I quite like having a high energy, you know, um, very mobile striker up there. So I've gone with Luis Openda. I had him on. I had opened that. He was one of uh-huh. my other strikers next to uh, Mbappé. Because when you have the when you have the master of through balls, you want to have two people who can run uh, in, in front of you. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with everything that you said. I think he's, he's had a great season. I think we can't underestimate a few things that has happened in, in Openda season. The guy came from from the Netherlands, uh, from Vitesse Arnheim, where, you know, it's, it's a great um, league. Is it as good a league defensively as France, probably not. Um, and, and he had to find his way. He was also recruited to fill the shoes of Arno Kalimwendo, which is not hard. Yes. He was recruited to be in a front two next to Adam Buxa or next to Florian Sotoka. And then they changed that several times. And, and the very the very first, what, 10 games, they had like uh, a, a prodigal sub uh, with, uh, with Said coming in and scoring the goals. And they were trying to find their rhythm offensively. And then slowly but surely, his work off the ball starting paying off on the ball. And, and I think those 17 goals are a just reward f- for him and for Lance. And, and if you don't have a guy like him who can finish up front, maybe Lance isn't up there because they had a, a pretty sloppy January, February. Uh, and he was there to pick him back up uh, and to help them uh, coming back and be Champions League uh, contender until the very end. So I think I think he fully deserves um, the pick and and to be you know considered one of the best strikers in league and season. And, and it's probably a nice ticket for him back into the the Belgian um, national team as well uh, this season with with Lance. Again, another player that that I hope will remain at Lance with the optics of of playing in Champions League next year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's he's gone he's gone through a lot of change. Uh, uh, you know, first season in Liga as well, and um, you know, th- like you said, discovering a new league, discovering a team that's really well settled and that was looking for the next for that player to take them to the next level. And and he has. Um, I think that's 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 the summary of the season. Uh, has he been more <clears throat> inconsistent than other contenders, or has he? had it tougher than other contenders for the, for the number nine role. <laughs> Maybe, but I, I I think we can't, like you said, we can't overstate his impact. We, we've mentioned the defense. We've mentioned how collective they are and what a great, um, what a great team spirit they fostered and, and how flexible they are as well, but they don't, they don't get to where they are without a pender. That's for sure. And, uh, and he's been, yeah, he's 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 been great, and I just I just like his style. Like I said, I just find him very unselfish. Um, you know, if he has to do a forty-yard sprint to take one or two defenders away, 
and and make the opposition side unbalanced then he's more than happy to do that two three four five times in the next f four or five minutes and uh not every striker does that and that's the question of their team style as well uh that's no that's not throwing shade at anyone but um certainly he's uh high end devon he allows he allows you to press high and 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 to keep defenders on their toes so he's um I was yeah, I was very happy to pick him again. Feels like I'm over rewarding uh, loss slightly, but but again, I kind of feel like you can't overstate how good they've been and what a breath of fresh air that side has been this year. They they deserve it. You're not going to hear me saying that you are um, over rewarding loss. That they deserve to be where they are. Uh, all right, but my turn to go for the fourth pick and. I, you know, starting with two PSG player actually isn't settling well. So I'm going to have to balance it out straight away uh, and pick another Marseille player to make sure that I'm not the guy who go to the small clubs and, and stays in, in the top two for the first pick. Stay tuned, please. I will pick players from uh, the rest of the of the Liga further, further on. Um, and I think I'm going to go with At first, before I, rem I remembered how good Mbemba was, um, to me, the only player in Marseille that actually deserves um, to be there, there's three in my mind, four, let's say, that, that can be in the top 11. But I think this one, we, we just can't get past it because it's been um, su such a, a, a different season for him and such a, a change with, you know, in which team do you have a vice captain who wear the armband all season uh, because, because the captain is left on the bench and plays a minute and a half per game. Uh, I think Valentin Rongier has been just spectacular for Marseille. He's been, uh, you know, the it's been the heart and soul of this Marseille team. He's, he's at the level that it was, I think, when he was at Nantes as far as like his talent versus the rest of the team and what he brings to the team. He, he's, he just dictates the tempo both defensively and offensively. If Valentin Roger doesn't have a good game, Marseille is going to struggle. He's being used everywhere. Remember that last year he was playing right back for, for Jorge Sampaoli. Now he played centre-back in Champions League games or against Paris Saint-Germain um, with, uh, with Igor Tudor. And he's, he's just not saying anything about it. You don't hear him. He just works hard. Uh, can, can he improve? For sure. He's, he's afraid to shoot a ball. Apparently, when he gets to the last 30 minutes, he has to pass it. He can't try and and uh, and get to, to, to score a goal. And even when he shoots, well, catching the aim is another story for him. Uh, but, but he's been, I think, uh, very influent. And I think we're seeing the making of a Marseille legend, but it's just coming oh. slowly but surely by just being consistent, just being good, just fighting hard, just not not having any, you know, any rubbish uh, technically and, and and just, you know, like they say in, in the south of France and in that beautiful stadium, just by wetting his shirt, really. Mm. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Ranger. I think, uh, like you said, it, we could see it last season. He's starting to grow more and more. And even though he was played out of position, he's <clears throat> just as a really smart player. You know, shout out to I think the Nantes Academy who still who is still able to deliver, you know, some some smart players. I mean, obviously he's 28, but you know, um, he's you know his smarts don't come from nowhere. I think, uh, and interesting to see that he's in the midfield too with Vertu, who's the next Nantes uh, product as well. Um, I, yeah, as you said, I think as he goes, so so does Marseille. And um, I, I, did, I did have him on my list. I don't think he was going to be 
part of my final two in midfield, but he's definitely he's definitely a player that any team would be happy to have uh, in Liga. Selfless, um, willing to change his role. He's the most adaptable and flexible midfielder that um, OM have, and we saw it in the cup game against PSG at the Velodrome, right? When he was playing as a sort of third centre-back slash holding midfielder. And I think that's that's where you've hinted at it and, and you've pointed out already, but that's where I think he doesn't necessarily get enough credit is that he was sort of an all-action number eight when he came from not right? And he's shown he's capable and willing to play as a really defensive-minded midfielder when when you need to as as a as a driving eight when you need to he's more mobile than than Vertu um you know he's the c'est l'homme à tout faire in in midfield if if he's and he's fit you know he's constantly playing so if um if they lose him then they just lose a lot of their balance because i'm, I'm not quite sure who would you know fit in his shoes so i i think i think a great choice i, I i'm a big fan of Valentangia. i was already last year and he's he's been consistent again um this year and uh i i was surprised when vertu made his way into the front squad i thought uh, again that's not throwing shade at vertu who i know had issues when he arrived as well for some family story that i don't quite mm-hmm. understand but um but i was surprised that he was what he was the marseille midfielder you know getting getting picked um for the World Cup, I I think out of those three midfielders, him, Gendouzi, and Rongier, I I know who I'd pick, and that would be Rongier. Yeah, and the only one that was left side, hey, did they sound special uh, right there? Yeah. Picking the picking the players that have supposedly played at a higher level overseas, etc., mm. etc. But you, and you've said you said he's on his way to become a Marseille legend. That's I'm quite. I think so. By that. I think so. I think I think he's, but he's doing it quietly. He's not doing it by you know obviously scoring mm. sixteen goals in a season or etc. But yeah. I think he's he's just he's just slowly showing that he, like yeah he can be the heart and soul of Marseille next year. You get a, a new midfielder coming in to replace Jordan Verretou. If if it happens, that player will look up to Rangier and will have to adapt to the way Rangier plays and will have to you know match the pace and the intensity that Rangier brings to 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 the team and. And so does every single player who has to join Marseille now will have to look at Valentin Rongier with his armband and think, you know, that that's how hard I have to fight to be able to to find my spot in the starting eleven. So, so I think he's doing it mm. quietly, not by being the best players in in the team. Although I think this season he is. Um, but I think he's definitely the kind of player that if if tomorrow you lose him, you'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, he was he was definitely the one that made us um, this good. So and the fact that there's no you know no issue outside of of the pitch that is that is very smart in the way he talked that he's always backed up his coach yet called him out in in like press conference etc. Um, I think again show, shows the great leader that he is and and you know Marseille, Marseille fans for all the emotional. Um, nutcase that we can be. I also can recognize when, when somebody brings uh, brings calm and uh, and and brains into our team. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm 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 glad to hear it because I think players like Rangier should be more more recognized, especially at, you know at clubs, big clubs like Marseille, but also clubs that have fan bases that you know uh, value a lot. You know the the heart of a player, 
right? And so he, he's he's a very sort of discreet um, discreet guy in the sense, you know, he's not going to point and shout to everyone, and he, you know, he's not going to get, you're not going to see him, you know, head to head against another player during a game. He's sort of. Um, He's sort of a very he's got sort of a calm uh, demeanor about him, but I'm 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 glad to hear that because I think he's been well he's been their best midfielder since he's joined the club, and um, and they've been consistently good over the last few seasons. So um, I think it, yeah, a, a great choice, a Noem choice again. I've got to I've got to point that out. Says the man who two, two lost two lost players <laughs> in, the, in his first three picks, but um, yeah, I think I think well deserved, and and you haven't started him off me so you know it's a it's a it's a win brownie points it's a win all right around um let's let's go with your first pick yeah so i'm going to pick another another defender but i'm going to pick one of my wing backs i think and that's because you play with two wing backs two wing backs yeah three other three center backs two wing backs so i'm going to play my left wing back Pick, pick him and um, I had three contenders and I've gone for the easy option by picking the PSG one I've gone for Nuno Mendes left oh, not Juan Bernard <laughs> <laughs> or, or Jean Bernard as he's called Jean on, Bernard. Uh, on Twitter um, no I mean I did you know and you might you might pick you might pick one of them I imagine they'll be part of your contenders but I hesitated between him and Caio Enrique at um, yeah. Monaco, and uh, and also just because I've got such a soft spot for Adrien Truffert, uh, and who every time I watch them play, is just really smart. But for Truffert, I thought he's in competition with Melling, and he doesn't always doesn't always start. Although I think he has started a lot more recently. Mm-hmm. And for and so it was really between Nuno Mendes and Caio Enrique, and I just I just thought. If I had to pick a player today for a game, I think I'd rather have Nuno Mendes. Um, especially if I play a three-five-two, uh, I'd be more comfortable with Caio Enrique as a left back um, in a back four. And defensively, he's much better. But I think just uh, you know Nuno Mendes, he's still only twenty. He's already accumulated a lot of experience, and in that role, he'd just be a great piston down the left down the left hand side we saw you know we saw that even in a recent game against Lance where he just tore Lance apart went on a run and tore them apart um, he's got a few assists he's looked great on the left hand side with Mbappe he's got a lot of promise I think you can tell he gets better and better when he's not bothered by by small niggling injuries so um, so quite happy we know no matter he's also one of the rare PSG players who hasn't looked like he's bored whenever he's playing so that uh, you know those were some points in his favor so I've gone I've gone for a PSG player not that I'm gonna go for many um, but uh, I've gone with Nuno Mendes uh, uh, left back left wing back quietly maybe the the third best player of, of that squad right if you remove mm. Mbappe and Messi and of course maybe when Neymar is in form maybe he's up there but, but not, I think Nuno not Mendes has, 
Dan- oh yeah, Daniel Pereira actually probably has a shot. It's, it's either you're a football superstar or you're, or you're Portuguese. Um, but he's 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 definitely been um, spectacular this season, and and you know sort of uh, sort of showed that uh, you know young young fast left left wing back are are the way to go for uh, for those big clubs when you when you compare him to an Alfonso Davies or or all these kind of players that are just uh, just full of pace, technically uh, very comfortable. I mean, how many times have we seen him on one hand creating the the, the off balance up front by by being into the left corner and then on the other hand uh, just just committing to the last defender tackle in his own box to try and deny a striker. So I, I think he's one of those PSG players that you can't actually very much like Daniel Pereira, you can't actually say anything against him because he works hard, he he plays hard, he's he tries to always, um, you know, create something when he's got the ball and, and he's adapted well to the football style or lack thereof that, that Paris Saint-Germain mm-hmm. is producing. So, so yeah, I, I I would agree. You know what? Like looking at your team and my team and, and you know how I am absolutely not a defensive manager. The players like Nuno Mendes might be how you might be my demise might be how <laughs> your team uh, overcomes mine eventually because i don't have an answer <laughs> to, to Nuno Mendes. Oh, maybe i remember maybe i remember is the answer yeah that, that's all i have be good at that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right let, let's go to uh to my fifth pick hmm, who do i pick that that basically you're not going to steal from me or where would i be stuck for choice i think we're pretty uh yeah, I think we're pretty okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start talking about the more, uh, the more obscure football players of, uh, of of our league, or maybe not obscure, but I guess maybe surprising that they've been there at that level at that time. Uh, I'm gonna pick uh, Lille's playmaker Remy Cabela uh, yeah. that I'm going to put uh, on uh, as one of my uh, as one of my side midfielders so he's going to be my uh, my right midfielder Remy Cabela although he can play both sides so, so can the other one so he should be alright mm. uh, so yeah Remy Cabela in I think you know Lille has been a, a very good team to to watch this season they've been uh, creative they've been fast they've been good in the build-up and good in counter-attack and, and they've scored uh, a lot of goals as well and I think Remy Cabela has has you know known a resurgence last year he did six months at Montpellier nothing much six months at mm. Lille nothing much and then this year he really actually looked like he, he, he he took his momentum back. I mean, you know, if you, not that I talk to a lot of uh, Russian football fans, uh, but if you would talk to the Krasnoda football fans, they regret him, I'm sure, because he was spectacular up there uh, in, in the couple of years that, it, that he spent. And then he came back, looked like he had just lost himself and, and now kind of proved everybody wrong. I mean, when, when he plays well and we know how quick he can be on the ball um, he's always you know beating a defender finding the right pass combining really well I think with Jonathan David and with Jonathan Bamba mm-hmm. I think he helped them looking better than maybe they can um, and, and so yeah so he made my uh, he made my squad what do you think about the uh, the former uh, Marseille Saint-Etienne where did you not play Cabela <laughs> Montpellier yeah, Marseille Saint-Etienne Montpellier Newcastle Montpellier Newcastle Arlavignon good times um, yeah look I did I, did I see this coming in the, as in Cabela's season absolutely not you know he felt I always quite liked Kabila um he just felt washed up and you know at 32 um coming out of a bad season at, at Montpellier where well, he didn't look fit as well which was just 
was just his issue i think more than his talent it felt it felt like a, a bit like a strange gamble for a team like like lille um you know he was on my shortlist he's been, he's been so good um he's always scored a few goals when wherever he's played so he's always had that in his locker and he's obviously a very creative player also the best user of the uh, and lover of the three yards fake no look pass which i i always <laughs> i'm a big i'm a big fan of you know pass really safe pass then looks away and it makes it look like it's a no look pass i love players like that um He's he's been a real positive surprise. Uh, there, are, you know, you always wonder about players coming back to Liga, French players coming back to Liga, towards what looks like the tail end of their career, and and you know, kind of um, destroying their reputation or, or their legacy. And and Kabila has always been a positive player. I think he's always, you know, some fans of his clubs might disagree, and he can be a bit hot headed, but he's also a delight to watch play when he's in full flow. And uh, so I was a little bit worried for him and I couldn't also quite see where he would fit in the, in a new system, but you know, he's, he's just been really great and uh, he has linked up really well with, with Jonathan David. I think he's been very mobile, which I was quite surprised as well because of his fitness issues last season. Um, and in that, in a very mobile midfield, I've got to say, and he's been willing to, go on the wing although i think he's played more of a roaming roaming 10 maybe this year um so he's been you know good smarts from fonseca gives him the freedom of the pitch um allows him to play the way he wants to play and he's and he's been rewarded and it's a it's a feel it's a it's a feel good story it's great to see somebody who had been written off come back and and be very important and efficient for a side that's contending for for a european spot slowly bringing them to European spots. Six goals and seven assists. This is Enrique Cabela. Mm. So uh, instrumental for uh, for Lille. Your turn. Le Classic pod. I don't think I need a striker. I don't I don't think you're gonna take my ten. You've gone you've gone for a winger. You've gone for a winger and You've got um, you. So you, you say three, four, one, two, right? So Capella's your yeah, ten. Yeah, Messi has a ten, and maybe no, Messi is my ten. Messi Mbappe is, your 10. is my forward. Capella is is my right midfielder because I think he has it in him. I'll uh, that's, I'll that's teach a, him how to that's run a again. Brave, that's a, <laughs> that's a that's a bold move. I like that. When I, like I said that. I didn't have an answer to Nuno Mendes, that's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my another one of my centre backs. I think there's a lot of choice at striker. I don't think you're gonna steal my ten. I've got enough choice in midfield, so I'm gonna go for another centre back. Um, and I'm going to go with Jean-Claire Todibo of Nice. Great choice. So. Uh, <laughs> Feels weird having two Nice players in my top five <laughs> because they have not been the most exciting or, frankly, the mo- yeah, they're just a team that I, I know Digas done well, but I think we're starting to see it unravel a little bit. How much of that is down to Digas? How much of that is down to the Ganti affair and to and to battles for influence the club? I don't know, but uh, you know, I. 
in terms of individual performances, Jean-Claire Todibo has been, it's been excellent. We saw that. I think we could see that coming um, last season. Um, he's really knuckled down, I think is the way I would put it. There were a lot of, and you, you never know what to make of that, right? But there were a lot of hints and stories about how uh, after he let, left Toulouse to go to Barcelona, you know, he became you know, too big for his boots basically and just had a certain arrogance to him. And there were decent and and reasonable concerns about him before he joined Nice originally on loan uh in twenty twenty one um last season. You know, his his loans at Schalke and Benfica hadn't exactly turned out great. Um you know how far you know, you look at a player like Kais Ruizatil, right? Who's at who's at um, Auxerre and um, was a PSG not starlet when he was a youngster, but was really highly rated that he moved to Barcelona. Where is he now? I don't think he's even getting game time at Auxerre. This could very easily have been Jean-Claude Dubois's career. It's credit to him that it didn't, and it doesn't. Um, he's uh, now on the cusp of the France squad. He's a very Saliba-esque centre-back. Very, very comfortable on the ball. Needs a little bit of refinement defensively sometimes. Um, but he's, you know, there's a reason why that knees defence is, you know, has only conceded 31 goals in 32 games despite having somebody in ret on retirement next to him in, in Dante who just can't, who just can't move anymore. Um, and that's because Jean-Claire Todibo has been, been excellent. So he's got good anticipation. He's got, he's not the most, yeah, he's 6'3", but he's not the most physically imposing player, but he's just very graceful, very mobile, good, good with his feet, likes to bring the ball out of the fence. I think he'd fit quite nicely next to, next to Kevin Dan. So I might need to find a left footer there, but um I think he, yeah, he's just, he's just been, he's just been rock solid. And I think the, I'm hoping he makes the right choice going forward because I think Nice is a good place. I could see him benefiting from an additional season, but he'll be, there'll be demand for him and, and rightly so. He's made a good choice already, I think, by staying at Nice, mm. despite being uh, being pretty good with Saliba and then without Saliba, uh, holding that defense together with uh, with a team that had lost downs at the beginning of the season last year, uh, and and now finding the Brazilian back next to him has really helped him. Uh, and yeah, I think he's been probably, yeah, probably one of the best defenders this season by by the fact that he, we've seen him, I think, maturing and and getting that experience and uh, and yeah, some somehow beefing up. In, in the way that he's bringing, you know, thinking football, playing football, and 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 adding all these all these pieces that felt like they were missing a little bit before uh, to 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 create himself a bit more. I think that's probably going to be the regret for Nice if they had done well enough to make it to one of the European spots. You know, mm. the Turam and the Todibot of this world would definitely stay. Missing out of that, you know, those players are going to be called on everywhere. I said that again on the pod um, on Le Beaujeu. I hope that they go to like Bundesliga where French mm. players seem to um, to really do well and because it's a nice sort of like 
half step um, up rather than going straight to, uh, to, to the EPL or, or to La Liga or Serie A that are so different in the way the football is played. Uh, but, but yeah, good, good, uh, good, good shout. Uh, well, th- there you go. Look at us with, uh, with five uh, players each already. We start to see uh, mm. where, where everyone's um, preference is, is, is going to. Uh, we, we're going to keep going, of course. Uh, we're just going to take a, a small break and then we're back at it. 